0: Venture through a wasteland twisted by dark magic, undead monsters, and contagious insanity where life and death are no longer opposites, but a spectrum of cruelties. Emerging from the dregs, an old king makes one final attempt to save his realm. Today's episode is brought to you by the newest project of Lee Ellis, author of the Kill Dash series, Godblood is a grim, dark short story with the audio runtime of two hours available on Audible and a digital print available for those that prefer reading. This exciting adventure is available now. But parents beware, it's not for the faint of heart. Stay tuned after the episode for an exclusive audio clip of Godblood. Welcome to the Nerdy Old Men Podcast. The greatest nerd, geek, and pop culture podcast in history. With your host, Redneck Wes.
1: He keeps screwing up, people.
0: And that old bald man, Chad. Come on, man. This is a fun place. Don't be a... Hey guys, what's happening, everybody? Redneck West, how are you, bud? I'm
1: uh, doing good. We're we're on location.
0: Well, yes, yes. We uh, we want to thank uh, Nirvana Comics for allowing us to use their uh, their side room here for another great episode.
1: This, this is going to become the the Nerdy Old Men Podcast uh, Auxiliary <laughs> <laughs> Broadcast the, Center, the, the
0: West Broadcast Center. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> but anyway, just <clears throat> get that out there. Come down and see it. See the folks at Nirvana Comics because they're very kind to us. So, and and we love them. But man. We're going to talk comics today. I
1: love talking comics. And
0: we got Mr. McKay with us today. How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you Yeah, he's a hometown guy. He's, yeah. he's back from from the neck of the woods where we come from. It, it was
1: it was funny. We were joking off air. I said, you know, we, McKay and I had some classes together in high school, and we'd talk comics and cards yeah. and whatnot and here we are talking <laughs> comics again so
0: yeah so what we what we we talked to mckay at uh, at fanboy expo and we yeah. talked to him before and we're what we want to do is he, he's, he's got a lot of knowledge on comics history and collecting and things like that so what we're going to do over a, a few episodes and they won't be consecutive okay so but we're going to do kind of like a master class in comics with mckay so going okay, you build that collection. Yeah, folks. yeah, yeah. So That's we're gonna ask some questions it. and stuff. But we're just kind of let him uh, let him uh, go with it. But hey, you know, kind of tell us about you, man. How you're, uh how you you kind of got into comics and this type of genre of stuff? And because we always ask that of our guests. So
2: right, uh, I've I've done this in one form or another since middle school. Yeah, I mean, I remember back in like you say where we're from up there I'm yep. trading comics with a with a a fella I think I'm sixth or seventh grade. Yeah. Uh, you know, back then, you know about the only way you could give books was uh, you know, no stand was uh, the grocery well, store. Well I was about or, to say white
1: stores, we always talk about the spinner racks. So I'm yeah, sure you yeah.
2: Shelby's and <laughs> yeah, Woodson, Shelby's Ho- heck Yeah, Old Ho- yeah. Ho- yeah. Woodson's. I bought many a many a comic of both of those places. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but uh, you know what it it went from that and and I thought about this a while back, that really the foundation of how I got the way I am is just by happenstance. In the uh, in the 80s, there was a... Uh, you had a lot of reprints of... You had Marvel Tales, which reprinted the, the early Spider-Man stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marvel Saga told the whole thing, like linear from like 61 to, I guess, about 85 when that came out. So it... Uh, even though I didn't get started till the '80s, I mean, I really started on the Silver Age. I was about to say you—you
1: you probably had the similar experience that I did, where it was you knew the old Silver Age stuff or the stuff from the '60s, right? But as a kid, you're, you're you don't really understand that. Okay, these these stories have been out for long time, thirty years, yeah, right? So,
2: right? <laughs> it's like, mm, what's going on here? So that was a. You know, I, even though I, I started twenty five years later, I mean I I knew all of the Silver Age stuff. I knew all the the origins and the the early stories, and you know. And as I got older, you know, it you got more into the modern things, and uh, but you get uh, so much stuff. Like especially since uh, you know, in comics, you know, they kind of keep flipping the generations. I mean, obviously, Spider Man came out in sixty three, so. You know, he's obviously not. uh, He's not 18 anymore. Yeah, but he's also not 60. So, So, uh, or whatever. Marvel's always had that reset, though, in the
1: stories where they would, you'd go for about 20 years and then it was the reset and they'd kind of make it a little bit more. And you've probably noticed as well, like the, the future, even like with the movies, the movies are, it's like, 20, 25, 26, somewhere around in there. Right. You know,
2: so they, they've got room to tell some stories, but it's still relatable. Right. And, you know, that, uh, you know, that has that leads into kind of what I was going to talk about, about, you know, there are specific ages of comic books and different people fuss about when, what age started or not. But for the most part, it starts with the Victorian age, the Golden Age, the Silver Age, and from there, people kind of split off. Mainly, it's some people just go straight to modern, but you also call it the, the Bronze age. age, yeah. And then, I mean, it's pretty much modern. Everything, them. everything after that is and modern. So, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, and that add also real similar to what we're talking about. How the characters turn over, you know, they don't eventually don't age and kind of restart. Storm's
1: got to get away from that mohawk that she had in the <laughs> '80s. <laughs>
2: Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I like Storm with the mohawk. Yeah, by the yeah. way, yeah. but you know, it, it gives you a chance to to grow with these characters. Uh, you know, and it's not to get into this too deeply yet. Maybe this is something we can talk about in a lot more depth later. But you know, one problem I had from having so much knowledge of what these characters were, it was it became difficult when they started making the movies. Was I loved oh, it, right, yeah. I absolutely loved it to see this, to finally get to visualize these things. Right. But you can't possibly fit all of that narrative into a two-hour movie. No,
0: and not that many decades of stories on paper, and then try to turn it all into a manuscript. Well, and I mean, and a, one uh, of the things he, I, I'm yeah.
1: sure you're going to agree with me on this is. There's times they do things, and you're like, that's not right. Right. (laughs) And it drives
2: you up the wall. It drives you crazy. And and one of the very best examples of that, and actually, if you've seen the Spider-Man trailer that came out (laughs) the last couple of days, um, I'm a giant Spider-Man fan. I always have been. And back when the first Tobey Maguire movie came out, people saw it and were like blown away. And they went... um you must love this. Like, you must be over the moon, Right. And I was partially furious. Mort-
0: mortified, right? And the worst thing,
2: <laughs> and, and my friends that hear this have heard this rant <laughs> millions of times. Um, the Green Goblin. Oh. That suit. The Power Ranger Green Goblin. I hated that. <laughs> I In, liked the glider. It, but it, I hated this suit. It infuriates me because you've got arguably the greatest character design for a villain maybe ever so terrifying that stephen king used it as the scariest thing he could think of to put on the front of a truck Mm and maximum overdrive right you know that's how iconic and scary and the goblin face yeah classic that was and you've got that and you come up with that (laughs) suit.
0: that's pretty bad yeah killed me
2: and um just a couple of days ago, I was dying. I was waiting until I got home because I had I had cracked the screen on my iPhone, and I didn't want to watch the trailer on it. Right. And then I was dying to get home, and I pull it up on YouTube, and the, actually the little picture is the the Goblin. OG Green Goblin, yeah. the Power Ranger Goblin. And uh, I was like, no. <laughs> no, I, that, can't, I that can't do and, this again.
1: The organic web shooters, I hated that because it it took away from the fact that, that mm-hmm. Spider Man was extremely smart. He was a scientist, yeah, and, or well, was becoming a scientist. Right. I could
2: live with that. I mean, I didn't like it either, but although but it was
1: like, funny, you know, when he goes Shazam trying to get to, <laughs> I, I will give Sam Raimi credit. That was yeah. funny,
2: and I love Sam Raimi. I just don't know whose idea it was to mess with that character design. Right. I mean, it's so good, um, and to a lesser extent. Um, wasn't crazy about Kirsten Dunst's I, casting. Yeah, right. She was okay, but there were so many other people. She didn't hit me as Mary Jane. No. I mean, cause and, and the character was not... Mary Jane's. A, if you do it right, it's a really complicated character because she's supposed to act like she doesn't care about anything, mm-hmm. especially at that age and the younger Mary Jane. You know, it was a party girl. She doesn't really care about anything. She was the
1: opposite of Gwen Stacy right. in every way. That's why Stanley wanted her. Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, uh, but, you know, deep down, I and mean, when she had family trouble, you know, she was a lot more complicated and more, way more intelligent and uh, complex than you would think. And, you know, that's what Peter saw in her, I feel like. Right. Uh, but you didn't get that at all. I mean, they wanted to make more of a. They kind of gwynned her up. the right, end.
1: try you to know. combine. A Not that there's
2: anything with Gwen Stacy. I love Gwen Stacy too. Um, I, I think there's a great duality of you know of you don't always just file for one kind of person. I mean, there's a little bit of everybody that does something for you. You know right. what I mean? Like so, I mean, I love that it wasn't just like a Lois Lane situation where there's just one oh, there's girl. Just one, yeah, right. You know, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that, but I just love it. it, was, it was, well, and know. then you
1: get in. You know, the Peter Parker had an interesting love life because you know then you you got Felicia Harding as the, as you have the Spider-Man Black Cat,
2: right? Love mm-hmm.
1: thing, and then Mary Jane. Yeah,
2: you know, and then yeah, Felicia uh, Black Cat being. Uh, person who was more attracted to Spider-Man mm-hmm. didn't want anything yeah, to do Parker. with Peter Parker, right? But or at least initially, yeah. But. And
1: then it's so funny because when he put the mask on, she was she couldn't get enough, That's right?
0: Sad. So you know, you you're talking about these eras of comics. Yeah. You started with the Victorians, so kind of give us timelines there and yeah. some examples or something
2: uh, on that. A good example of uh, the comics didn't exist really the way we knew them much later. Uh, the first American comic book was The Adventures of Obadiah Oldbuck. Uh, it was a Swiss comic that was written in, I think, 1825. Wow. Uh, it didn't get here until 1842. So that was the first comic book in America. Oh, wow. Um, and from that point, pretty much until '38, which was the advent of Superman and superhero comics, which we'll get to in a second, Um. Uh, the pretty much the rest of the Victorian age was pretty much just collections of comic strips. From okay. the from the pa- from the weekly papers Like newspapers or daily papers. Collecting them together, okay. You know, it was, it'd be uh you know, um uh, I can't even think what I'm uh well like Calvin Hobbes or something. Yeah. yeah if you've yeah. seen like the collections of that Right. that you have modern day I mean that's a uh, an evolution of what it was like in the Victorian age. Okay. All right. You didn't have original stories. They were almost all compilations. For the most part, there were some outliers. Right. But for the most part, they were until, like I say, until 38, it was mainly collections of comic strips. Okay. All right. Uh, and we'll get into that when we, um, in future episodes, we'll, we'll, dive deeper Break down into, into, into each age. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, a little more into each age. But just kinda of doing an overview for right now, that's pretty much the, the gist. And I don't know a ton about the Victorian Age because it has nothing to do with superheroes. Right things. Right. That just well, it's it, a history, like of a just historian. like
0: superheroes and villains, you got an origin story. Comics yeah. have an origin story yes. and that's it. Yeah. You
2: kinda of wanna know where it comes from. But that's pretty much the gist of it. I mean was uh and to touch on this real quick, and this is huge for the Victorian age, and up into the early silver age, and that's why we're collectors the way we are now, is this. There was zero value in any of these things, collectible-wise. Like, they were regarded as nothing.
0: It's like newspaper.
2: Yeah, like, like a newspaper today. Like, no one had the foggiest idea that they would ever be worth anything. Right. They're completely disposable, four children, whatever.
1: Everybody knows the story of, you know, well, my my mom threw out my comics when I, you know, moved out. You hear that
2: forever, and you will hear it forever. But uh, that's where people, that's the first disconnect to non-collectors is, and it happens over and over again, and it drives you crazy is that people don't understand that it's not the popular book now that's going to be worth the most. So, like, everybody goes, oh, this is popular, Deadpool's popular, let's go buy every Deadpool book, mm-hmm. that's going to be worth something than someday. You're making it not worth be something someday. Right. Well, that
1: was like in, in the 90s when everybody was buying every number one that came out. Because, every number one. But they didn't realize, okay, they printed a million and a half, two million of these books. So it was issue 24, issue 25 when it – petered out, and Mm -hmm. they printed 1,500 of these books, those are the ones you want to collect because
2: there's not that many of them. Right. That's exactly. um, But that's the first disconnect is when you get non-collectors, and that's what happened in the 90s. Everybody was going to retire. Everybody, you know, Death of Superman is the biggest example of that, and we'll definitely get into that in huge detail later. Right, But, uh, I mean, that nearly destroyed the comic book industry. I mean, like – Totally, almost wiped it mm-hmm. off the face of the earth because death of Superman happened, and everybody was like, "I got to have that." Right, and literally, you, your brothers, sisters, mom, grandmothers, everybody, babysitters, cousins, everybody <laughs> bought that book, and now,
1: now it's in the dollar bin. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, because. I mean it's basic economics, it's supply and demand. If everybody's got it and nobody wants it, what's it worth? That's
0: right, that's right.
2: You know, and then like like Wes said, is you know, it's the other way around. You know, it's the book that initially no one cared about and then later in that then the prime example of that being what we're talking about now, which is all through, you know, the Victorian Age, Golden Age, Early Silver Age, nobody Nobody cared, you know. So nobody took care of them. Not like today. I mean, look at how many people just come to Nirvana or any comic book store and get their books and immediately put them in bags of yeah, books they don't even read them, you know, and, and boxes and that didn't happen. So that's why those books are so incredibly rare. Right. So that we're at this point and there's n- practically no such thing as a, a mint first Superman. There's what a handful, mm-hmm. maybe or less, right. There's probably, what, five, if or, that. And in mint, probably less than that. That's awesome. I mean, but, you know, at that point, a book that old and that rare, I mean, literally a page, not the book, yeah. a page is worth hundreds of dollars. Right.
0: That's crazy.
2: Yeah, it, you it's, can, it's,
1: it's really interesting when you, when you get into, like, early comics, be, just because, yeah, the, it, it may be, you know, we call them ratted out or well-loved. I know. Yeah. Mike yep. House likes to use that term a lot. Well loved, yeah. Um, even though they're in that condition, it's you know you got to have a book that's seventy five, ninety years old somewhere in there.
2: This is a this is a really good opportunity to bring up one or the other, and I like how we're kind of doing this where we're hitting the history, but mm-hmm. we're able to stop for a second and hit some prime things. Is a uh, and you're touching on we're touching on that we're talking about condition as non-collectors may not realize that there's a very strict grading scale um, from .5 all the way up to a 10. Now, Mm. 9.9s and 10s are like unicorns. 9.80 is about the highest I think I've ever seen. You can't
0: even get that right from the shipper either. I mean, as soon as it comes out, it's very,
2: very difficult to get a 9.9. Now, the closest, the best chance you have are like the books, like like the recent, like The Last Dronin or... Uh, the Batman dam that are are uh, they're not regular. You know they're the like the, the magazine, yeah, uh, like format. the straight fly, right. Straight spine. Uh, I can't think of what you call it right now, but you know what I mean. Yeah. The, um, but that uh, those you can get in nine nines fairly easily because there's not the the problem of having the creases off right. the spine because they're they're square the spine round, roll, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so you've got a shot. I mean. The majority of the nine nines you see on eBay are are books like that in that format. Um, it's very, very, very difficult uh, to get one otherwise. I mean, the only ones I've ever seen have been at shows or online. I I've, right. I've, I've, don't think I've ever seen one local. Just come I'm, back. I've
1: never seen a nine nine. Nine eight, I have seen. No, oh, and
0: I've I've seen books that look in the slab look like they're great, but they've got a low score.
1: So yeah. that's very very well. That's, strict, that's yes. sometimes where you you might have something on the inside or the back cover yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that.
2: But uh, but you know it's uh, you've got a very strict scale. I mean, and even I struggle with some aspects of it. I'm some, better, sometimes it's very frustrating. I'm better at the I'm better at the modern and the the higher grades. It, it's tricky when you're looking at an older book and trying to add up the accumulation of, of defects that get you to a certain grade. Like, um you know, like a first Spider-Man or even not even as, as old or rare as that. You know, things that, uh, you know, like the first Punisher, which is, you know, they made a ton of, I mean, comparison to other books because it was Spider-Man, it was a popular book. Mm-hmm. But it's so popular that you know a low grade's still worth a ton. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a three or a four is, you know, still several hundred dollars.
1: Well I've got I've got some G. I Joes, you know, the silent issue. You yeah. know, twenty one. I've got some that are crap that are easily forty bucks yeah, and you're yeah. going,
2: dude, I wouldn't, you know, pick dog poo up with this. You know, <laughs> it's want.
1: it's but it's
2: it's what it is. Yeah. Well, it always goes back to the economic side of it, you know, supply and demand. You know, if there's enough demand for it, you know, it doesn't matter how what great it is. I mean, yeah. they know, making them more of You them. just want to, you know, I'd flip out if I could get a a point five, you know, amazing made made fantasy 15. You know, oh, first. <laughs> you know, you know, it could be half torn apart and. But you got uh, it. Stained yeah. and torn and. I'd lose my mind if you handed me that. You know, you wouldn't even care. I mean, you know, a high grade, if that's past the point of reason. Yeah, that's an
0: entirely different thing. But so we, we, we touched on Victorian and you're talking mainly that was a those are collections of, of comics yeah. from newspapers and stuff. So what is the next era of books?
2: Uh, that's uh that's the golden age. That's pretty much the advent of Superman. That's where you get into You
0: get into heroes and superheroes. You gotta you, you get know,
2: those archetypes established. And that's a huge thing. And then that's a huge thing and and again there's so many things we're gonna get to talk about later on. But The biggest one of the biggest things you can talk about is that exactly. He hit that perfectly. The archetypes—that's DC for you, you know. Which uh, you know, that's exactly what they built their bread and butter on—is the the archetypes. You know, the the mythological hero. You know, the um, hero on a pedestal. You know, unrelatable Superman. Superman. And would
0: you say DC kind of? spearheaded that in that age
2: yeah i mean that's the birth of the superhero i mean that's that that that's
1: exactly what that is because timely comic hadn't really gotten that was in the fourth
2: that was in the i believe in the 40s yeah it was when timely uh, came out When timely came um but you know you had i mean that's that's the definition of dc comics is you know the trinity you know superman batman wonder woman and and then on into others but you know, Batman's a, a billionaire. You know, Superman's an alien. Wonder Woman's an Amazon. I mean, they're these almost like Greek. Life, yeah. These are almost yeah. like Greek mythic, you know, archetypes. And uh, and we, when we get into you know timely and which became Marvel, of course, in the Silver Age, um, they went the other way. You know, which with the relatable hero, with the relatable hero, which no one had ever thought of. You're right? going to
1: make him a teenager, but, and he's going to have problems.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, Marvin Goodman. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. The the um, he was a publisher. Publisher, publisher at Timely, you know, um, told Stan. You know, you know, sidekick. You know, teenagers are sidekicks. Yeah, can't be a hero. You know, Spider Man. People hate spiders. That's never (laughs) going to work. You know, and you know, there's just so much. But that that thing right there, that relatability. You know, that Spider-Man was. You know, uh, I remember reading a story where uh, at DC at the time during the Silver Age, they would have copies of Marvel comics and laugh. You know, hold them up and laugh. Like, they've got him talking to his aunt for three pages. Like, <laughs> What kid's going to read that? Right. Oh, but, was, well. but Stan was,
1: Lee wrote stories for himself was what he always said. Yeah. yeah.
2: And it's just a, you know, it's just a massive thing, you know. And that's always the difference, the dichotomy between Marvel and DC. It's that one way or another, even to today. I mean, And, the, and
1: really what's funny about it is, is we get to thank Stan Lee's wife. Yeah. Cause she Damn. was the one, cause he was like, I, you know, he doesn't want me to do this book and I want to do it. She goes, well, you, you're wanting to leave, do the Could book anyway. the way you want to. And if it, and then he gets the sales reports back and he goes, you remember that Spider-Man character yeah. that we both liked so well. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so golden age is after Victorian. Yeah, Correct. And, uh, that is, uh, and that's predominantly DC
2: and their And then timely, um, timely was, was during that time too. Um, As Wes said. So what's
0: the time frame there for Golden Age? Uh, What is that considered? It's
2: pretty much now. You start getting shaky on what some people think an age starts and ends at. But for the most part, uh, the Golden Age was 38 to roughly 50. So, okay,
0: 1938 to about 1950.
2: Right in around there. Some people say certain books began the Silver Age. Some people think it's the first. Uh, Silver Age Flash in Fifty Six. So, what does McKay
0: think starts the
2: Silver Age? If we can roll into Silver Age. I mean, Age I'm now? a Marvel guy. I'm always going to think it's the is Fantastic, Fantastic Four, sixty one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but to be honest, I mean, it really the genesis of the to touch on this. I know I'm touching on a bunch of little things. Well, this, well, this, this, is, is, this coo- is cool because it gives us stuff well, to go back the, to. This is the introduction
0: episode to e- the master
2: class. We can set everything up. <laughs> um, but. Uh, to me, looking at it, there's really a secret age that people don't really define. I see Garen over there. <laughs> already knows where I'm going. <laughs> that uh, no one ever puts a name to. But it's really, and this is, a, a, again, a huge story for later, but the gist of it is uh, superheroes right after World War II died out. And... Uh, partially due to, and we'll get to talking about Dr. Wortham and Seduction of the Innocents and, and all that a little later, a book that, um, you know, a, a gentleman wrote and, and, pretty much just caused a fear across the country that comics, comics corrupt, were bad and corrupting uh, children and
0: like the satanic panic with D D. Exactly. it's exactly the same thing yeah. because exactly.
1: he, he was a psychologist and he said oh these comics oh, are going to okay. turn your kids into degenerates and there was try you know they had oh, hearings okay. and yeah.
2: and just the whole well, that'll bit. be
0: an interesting story when and, we cover and, that and here, we'll yeah.
2: get to more of that and even more uh, i've got to learn a little more about this myself but uh, i can't flesh it out yet yeah. but Actually, Doctor Wortham had ties to Knoxville, so oh, okay. I'll do a little more research yeah. on that, and we'll see what what kind of madness right. this place. So,
0: <laughs> so Silver Age, you're kind of talking about when Marvel changes
1: from yeah. it comes from it was a company called Timely Comics, Timely yeah. Comics, and to Marvel. Marvel.
2: And just to finish touching on the, the kind of the little secret age there, yeah. oh yeah, the uh, when the the book came out, and there's all this big panic it caused. Them to create the comic code, okay, and that pretty much castrated any like real originality or, um, um, I mean, all the violence, all of the horror comics were useless after that because there's
1: some really like there's some really good Golden Age horror comics. Oh yeah, oh, I mean, amazing artwork and and just
2: crazy stories. So pretty much from the from the time that happened until. Like I say, where I think the real silver age started in the late fifties or sixty one with Marvel, you pretty much went oh, superheroes died out because of that. That's where you get like the love stories and You had the love stories and you had the Westerns and you had the, where they
0: where they did adaptations of, of movies well, and not, television westerns. Not only and stuff that, that, but like them.
1: your your heroes uh, what was it? Was it uh gosh, yeah. I'm trying to think. He was like the ghost. Uh, he was he was a I'm I'm drawing a blank here now. Great. What is it? it oh, he was the uh, he was the cowboy. It was in all white. He was like the, supposed to be like a ghost. And oh, uh, it, it, it was it was. So, old, so you're talking about those type of heroes during was, that time. Was it right? the original Ghost Rider? Was yeah. that? I'm, I'm getting confirmation here that it was
2: the. original I was trying ghost to remember Rider. if it was that. I remember vaguely um, another one. I was trying to. I'm pretty sure that was it. I was just making sure I was I was right there. Um. So yeah, you were pretty much in this. Comic books were not selling well. I mean, the the Western thing and and the war comics and the romance. And that's why I think there's that little pocket. It's not really the Golden Age, but it's not the. It's really the birth, the the pre-Silver Age. I, I mean, got it's, you. You know, superheroes. Tons of superhero superhero books were canceled during that time. Uh, I like to think a little bit of a little bit of had to do with the the post war culture, right? Yeah, uh, because so. I mean, you kind of changed. I'm sure living in that time changed your definition of what a hero was. Yeah, I would imagine. So that. I would say that was a a big part of why that changed, also. And you add the comic code to that, really cutting out the sensational things. Right. Then, then there you go.
0: So the Silver Age was kind of like the resurgence of exactly. Super- that's
2: Christmas. when everything. That's when everything exploded. But, but to touch on the Golden Age a little more, I mean that was a uh, uh, that was the uh, you know the birth of Superman. You know, the DC dominating the market with you know. With ideas no one had had before, you know, like the Justice League, you know, like putting your heroes in a, a, team. In a team together, you know, and just so many innovations. And of course, you know, wartime, uh, you know, changed so much. And there's were timely, you know, you had Captain America, you know, that was directly related to. to well, I mean, his first going. issue,
1: he's punching Adolf Hitler in the face. And there you go. So <laughs> you can't make it any more clear. <laughs> I mean, than, it's like, yeah. what's this guy's you know, thing? Know. We're going to well, stop there it is. Nazis, yeah, right <laughs> yeah. away. Yeah. I mean, they were you no know, question timely. there.
2: Timely rode that hard. You know, D.C. rode Superman's all-American hero. I yeah. mean.
1: True you know, justice in the American way. Yeah.
2: That's, that's the definition. Uh, and then you just had them kind of battling out. D.C. was the juggernaut during the Golden Age. I mean, it was Superman, Batman. That was their time, yeah. You know, Timely was, I mean, their offices at that time, when Stan joined around that era, you know, it was a – it was a tiny little office in a in a building that you know had a steve kind of tabloid and junk journalism you could think of. I mean, right. you know, DC had these nice big offices, you know, pretty much bought and paid for from from Superman and Batman, pretty much alone. You know, Timely was just a tiny little thing. I mean, when Stan got there, it was really just Joe Simon and and Jack Kirby. I mean, it was. Uh, that was
1: about all you needed, yeah.
2: <laughs> say Jack Kirby, it's like and uh you know his Stan's first job was doing the the filler pages they would uh, to get a lower rate on your mailing if you had so much text in a book, it cost less to ship, oh uh, okay, so you had to have so much so many text pages, and nobody thought anybody paid any attention to that, and it it's just something they had to do, so that was Stan's first. Uh, First writing gig was doing these filler pages for uh, um, for timeline.
0: So he so the in the Silver Age is about what time frame are we talking on? That?
2: Silver Age is from roughly fifty six to say seventy, and okay. that's again where people are really yeah, at beyond. Some, yeah. But that's pretty close. I mean, it's, that's pretty dead on. Pretty much from the mid-50s, especially from 61 to 70 for sure.
0: And we can but, think of the highlights. So the highlights of, of the Golden Age is really DC. Yeah, and Superman, Batman, Marvel. And the birth of Timely. Right. Yeah. And so the Silver Age is probably a, a an explosion with Timely going into Marvel.
2: Unbelievable explosion. Just absolute seismic. Just. Massive. I mean, DC had never had really any real competition on the superior front, next to next to none.
0: Yeah. So the uh, oh, yeah. So, so yeah, and in the silver. So what? What else? What else can can we learn about the Silver Age? that's important as far as
2: Oh, the Silver Age, man. That's everything. I mean, that's that's the the rise of Stanley and, and pretty Kirby much and all the, the
1: all the big names that you you know and associate with comics. In the sixties, and then for Marvel, most of the heroes that everybody could, could knows.
0: Can also be said that it was that time frame where they really learned how to work within that comic code?
2: Yeah, I mean that was a you worked almost strictly within that. I mean, it really didn't start to dissolve until you had cracks of it in in the seventies later. But it really didn't. I don't think it fully gone until the, I think the nineties. Okay. I think there was. I think it was even had a fire hold into the eighties. But uh, once we get more into the into the nineties and and the explosion. Image. Of, <laughs> Explosion of independence! <laughs> I really in the love image. the image, man. I really <laughs> Yeah, the so com- commas code went bye-bye again. Yeah, they, like right. we got, we got nothing to do.
0: So beyond Silver Age, where do we go from there?
2: Um, well, just a, a little, yeah, a little more on. on Silver Age. There, um, it just can't be said enough how massive. I mean, everything changed in that massive. You know, uh, fan mail, and and that was one of the things Stan really took time at yeah. Marvel to
1: like showcase the artist, and because they would do the bullpen and mm-hmm. the soapbox and all that, and he kind of brought the fan and he like, hey, this is what's going on behind the scenes, right?
2: And kind of introduced everybody. It's just it's just where everything exploded. It's just where the superhero, the modern superhero book. I mean, that's it. I mean, would
1: you say that's it, Fantastic Four number one? Yeah, um, the modern I mean, superhero. That,
2: that's when it started. I mean, that's when it started for Marvel. Um, you had the, and the main reason people go back to the the 50s there to start the Silver Age. I mean, that's, that's when DC started re, re, uh, reimagining their characters. You know, the Golden Age Flash is completely different than Silver yes. Age Flash. You know, Golden Age Jay Garrick, you know, um, uh, Wood was his weakness. A completely different huh. character than Barry Allen, and uh, when he was in, when he came to me, was, so a lot of historians have uh, the first Silver Age Flash being the beginning of the Silver Age. So you can argue it either way. To me, being more of a Marvel guy, I think more of Fantastic Four and sixty one, and but uh, you can argue that things started to change earlier with the with DC reinventing. You know, um, there's different times that they've reinvented Superman. You know, they change his powers. Um, I mean, uh, when they did it in the '80s, and, you know, they made him um, vulnerable to uh, magic. Magic, Huh. you know, it was a John Byrne thing. Just
0: adapting to create, you know, advance the story. I
1: guess. Well, yeah, so. I mean, so the stuff that doesn't was like get too when, stale. When, this is a little off, but like Superman, when they did the radio dramas. The actor that voiced Superman needed some time off, and, but you know, Superman show we need Superman. Uh, well, something takes him out. What can take out Superman? He's immune to everything. Uh, kryptonite. Right. What's Kryptonite? Superman's weakness. Okay, okay. all right. <laughs> <And> so <laughs>
2: you gotta you gotta roll with it. I mean, and so uh,
1: there is that things that change and adapt, like you were saying. And, but
2: so that was where DC started to to adapt and change to new times. You know to. To freshen up from you know because they were suffering too during the end of the golden age. I mean they were you know silver age book you know not silver age, I'm sorry superhero books were were dying out and you know DC was as in danger as anybody that was their bread and butter. Right. So you know them starting to change you know in having the you know Green Lantern also uh, totally different from golden age to silver age. So there were both companies changed. Timely, of course, changes Marvel's absolutely massive thing. So,
0: Silver Age is where a lot of moving and shaking starts. That's where everything.
2: That's where everything, almost everything modern that we know originates. So, where does that end, and
0: where do we go from there? What's kind of the segment there? Uh,
2: From the and it starts getting blurry from there. I mean, uh, the Bronze Age, I'd say. Seventy to maybe eighty five, eighty six, somewhere in there. I didn't uh, that. And and some people don't even acknowledge a, um, a bronze age. Yeah, yeah well, those people, people are wrong. They are. You have to draw the line somewhere. Well,
0: well, this is the McKay education session. This is the master class with McKay. So, what is he thinking?
2: <laughs> um, you know, it it really doesn't matter. I mean, as far as saying a, a year, I mean, seventies is as good as anything. Yeah, 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 I mean. You have to seventy three. <laughs> well, that's good too. I'm I'm getting prompts and I can't hear. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, but, so Bronze Age. Where you, you you think that is is included
1: in it? Well, I mean, I always the Bronze Age. You know, it, it's. You have the established characters, but you've not gotten into like the the darker. Okay, I got you. Grittier. I know we're being prompted. The Punisher, uh, one of my, <laughs> one of my character, favorite characters. But like yeah. when he came out in, in Spider Man, and and it was funny because he was supposed to be a one shot character, and it was like as the story progressed, they're like, I kind of feel sorry for this guy because he's he's been manipulated, but he's been through hell, and it's like he's really trying to do the right thing, and then everybody was like. You know the whole anti-hero thing took off, and that that I think signifies going from the end. You know, going into
2: the next age of comics beyond the beyond the Silver Age, yes. Yes. right? Uh, and then, and like I say, even we've got another uh, good historian here with us <laughs> that's, that's uh, behind the scenes here. That's uh, uh, helping blur the yeah. help, help blur the waters <laughs> <bloody> a, <laughs> a little more. <laughs> But, but, uh, but I
0: guess you start moving more towards what's considered modern
2: then, right? Yeah, and then, then I mean, for the most part, and, and you're going to have to draw a line again eventually sometime. Uh, there are some big things that have happened in the modern age that I don't think get talked enough historically yet because it's still so close since we usually work in these huge gaps. Right. But uh, I think one of the thing that never gets discussed enough is how um, eventually I think they're going to call this something like the trade paperback age or or something similar because that changed. Seems the way he bought comics, didn't how Exactly. uh, Not just that, but how they created them. Um, You know how we were talking off, we were talking off, uh, off, there earlier about a um our phones about how yeah. quickly everything had changed you know techn- right. technologically that's what the trade paperback did in a different sense to in a similar sense to comic books because it didn't just change how you read them or how you collected them it changed how they made them and it's not coming back um and what i mean by that is it was fair i mean they existed there were trade paperbacks, you know, as far back as the late seventies, you know, and I don't think they sold very well. You know, it didn't really take off. But, but I'm here to tell you, in the, the late nineties, early two thousands, especially the early to mid two thousands, it's all you see now. Now I got is, a question. I got a question on that. Yeah.
1: I'll stop you real quick, but do you think that? The rise in popularity of those is is due to the fact that that people nowadays have such a short attention span, and they want it all right, right then. Away, yes. right right yep. now. I've got to have it all. I can't wait a month. Yeah, it's or, instant gratification yeah, society. Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, that's exactly what happened. You know that you could that you could uh, you know collect these, collect them all in in the stories together, or in volumes or instead of having 50 books, I've got, but they were massive, but they were, they all were in our mass printed. So there's not the collectability as of uh, single issues.
0: So I guess people that are, are, are maybe more interested in the story than they are collecting. Cause I did that with the uh, ultimate Spider-Man when it came right. out, I, I bought like, because I was behind, I bought a couple of trade paperbacks right. and caught up and then started buying the single issues right. because I cared more about reading the story than I did about the collectability mm-hmm. of it. So,
2: um, but that changed that that's I think the hallmark of the modern age is that, you know that's one of the main ones is the is the birth of the, the explosion of trade paperbacks. Because the way that changed was up until then, up until up until um that explosion, you could have single issues. Mm-hmm. You could have stories that just ran just one shot, one shot ones, yeah. are, ones are you know Amazing Spider-Man I mean uh, some of the best stories through the 80's in Amazing Spider-Man were two, just two-parters you know the Fire Lord two-parter the, the Juggernaut two-parter I have a six and the Juggernaut mm-hmm. uh, which is they're amazing stories and you didn't need it to be any more than that it fit perfect you know if you had a two-issue story great if you had a four-issue story great you know however but with a uh, once the trade paperbacks and they saw that they could keep making money off of property they already had, then they started writing for six issue arcs all the time. Like without fail, every arc, even if you could tell it in two stories, they would stretch (laughs) that thing out to six.
0: The almighty dollar. And and it it just,
2: it, it changed everything. And no one talks about this like, and again, in a historical sense, because it's, Technically, so fresh when you're dealing with like 30 year gaps of right. ages, you know we're still not far enough away from it for to really talk about the impact. But it's as big as any other part of history. I mean, to me, because it changed how you write them, it changed how we yeah. how we how we uh, consume them. Uh, I don't think it be regarded enough in how it changed how you collect now.
0: Right. You know, that's it. I like I like this being the the first episode that we're going to talk to McKay about a comics history, and then we're going to get into collecting. So kind of give the listeners an idea of future episodes we're going to do with you and the type of information that, that we're going to provide on those. Um, what is your idea? Cause we're kind of letting McKay run with this one, man. Cause he's smarter than the both of us put together. So I, we're kind of, we're kind of letting him run with it. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say that
2: at all. <laughs> um, we can do a lot. I mean, there's so many, I mean, we could, periodically do this for eternity just about i mean there's uh we can do episodes where we talk about specific ages and you know the beginning you know the the fine details of you know artists and storylines and you know we can do easily full episodes on on each age i probably would put victorian and golden together because i'm not as there's not as much information about victorian and i'm I'm this is not my forte. Right. But other than that, I mean we can I mean you can talk about I mean there's so many things I can think of off the top of my head, like um uh, you can talk about Stan in detail, you can talk uh, about, you know, um uh, the legacies of Kirby and, and Dicko and Vermont and, and, and the yeah, that's, that's Summing. So well, others. I mean
1: something I'm because I collect comics, I'm I you know, I'm really interested in like your eye, what what makes you want to collect a book?
0: Yeah, I think, and we're going to do that. I mean, this was going to be, for you guys to Listen, this this was kind of an overview of the history. Mm-hmm. Then we'll go back and we'll do uh, uh, an episode, like you said, for Victorian Golden. Then we'll do one for Silver and oh, the Modern. So much fun. And then we'll get into some of those other things. And, and eventually, you know, I'd like to get to like what he was saying, which was, you know, if we had listeners that, that wanted to invest in comics mm-hmm. or wanted to really collect what's good instead of just, Whatever you know, then we want to get into that and how you identify keys and
2: stuff like yeah, that. So, and, um, absolutely, um, there's there's so much to cover. I yeah. mean, there's there's a lot, and as far as collecting goes, I mean, it's there's there's so many fine details to it. It's it's what you want to make of it. Yeah, there are you know you get people who still are so narrow minded and oh it's a comic book it's a funny book you know it's it's not serious <laughs> and i explained it's no different than than your cable i mean or or any other medium i mean there's something for absolutely everybody i mean horror drama historical you can find anything i mean especially you know um uh, they may not all be books that come out right now. They may be older books that you have to seek out and find. But there's there's something for every taste. And that, that's that's part
1: of the fun for me, I'm, I'm sure it is for you, is, is getting to go through and, and look and just what you come across. You know, and, that,
0: and that's something that I wanted to say here is that
1: I and, – and I think I, I,
0: I've talked to him ahead of time. If, if somebody out there, one of our listeners, has got a collection and they don't know what they've got, I bet you this man – I bet you could contract this guy to go through your stuff for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I, I, I bet you. I bet you could pay him a fee, and he would definitely find the best stuff for
2: you. Yeah, I definitely definitely can help with collections. When I first met you fellas, we were at the con. Yeah. We were at a fanboy, and I showed you Machine Man nineteen. Yes. Which uh, which I found a a really good deal there, and this is a really good way. I know. I wish this was a little more video so I could we could show, but maybe we can take pictures or yeah. something. But since then, I got yep. a newsstand version, so it's a good way see, for you this, to this, see this, the difference. I know,
1: I know. Oh we yeah, we can't see right now, but the the barcode and then the Spider Man.
2: Yep, and the the price and the price. The same book, and and uh, when I get asked recently, uh, recently when I've been asked, like, what's an undervalued key, and that was one of the first conversations I had with, with Chad, was yeah. uh, uh, it's really the way I've really sit and, and thought about it, is everybody, every store, practically every store in the country, every collector, everybody's so key issue obsessed now. Yeah. And everybody just looks at, oh, as soon as they announce something for a movie, it's going to explode. Mm-hmm. Like it's magic. You know, like, oh, there's no way to predict it. Well, there is. Yeah, you know, we, and we want
0: to delve into that in, in a whole episode of just talking about that because that stuff's fascinating for me. It's almost like like I, when I, when we were talking about this, I was like, McKay's kind of like a day trader for comics yeah. because he <laughs> being able to identify those things like that. So we'll definitely do that.
1: Well, and, sure. I mean, and, and what's funny is is there's so many different ways to collect because uh, I'm probably completely different because I collect what I like. Or, yeah, that, and, that's just another way and, of doing like, it. Like I have bought books. I'm just like I just like the cover. Don't know nothing
2: about the book. I like the cover. That was what I was going to say, too. It's not just about value. Like, every single, almost every single comic book that's ever been printed was somebody's first comic book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even if it's something that is not a key or, you know, and to someone who's doing this financially or doing this, you know, if it's not a key, it's practically useless unless you want to read it. You know, which I'm I'm a hybrid of that. I love to read them, and yeah. I I know how. Well, to, I think that's the best way to do the other. You know, um, you know, really, it just feeds itself. You know, like I know what to sell to go buy what else I want right. <laughs> to. Right. I have so, right. but uh, you know, there's collectors who just want certain things, yeah. or or they they you know they like zombies. They want Walking Dead. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with collecting. I mean the the health of the hobby depends on the people that that still want to to collect and read and have. I mean yeah. that's investing is just aside. Yeah. Well we're excited it can't to get be the whole thing. we're excited
0: yeah. to get to that point. And uh this is a good good point to to uh, to stop the uh, the intro to this. And, and we're definitely going to come back with McKay in the next few weeks and continue this because I think this is going to be a really a
1: really awesome way to go. Um, we so, really appreciate you, know, you yeah, taking the time to be on the And he's show, been
0: working yeah. hard on this, so this is going to be awesome <laughs> to continue to, to I'm not to have do to up this, my so. game.
1: He's, he came in with notes. and I'm That's like, right. Whoa.
0: So, McKay, we appreciate you, brother. No, and we're excited to see me. what's what's going on uh, next time. And uh, until then, this is the old bald man, Chad, with Redneck West. Yeehaw. sample of Lielis's Godblood. Came up for Rogot's belly. He parried, elbowed Garagot in the teeth then slammed him into a tree, through the tree and out the other side and into the dirt. Splinters fell all round, and the severed tree came falling, crushing a giant mushroom to the earth. Garagot kicked Rogot and he went soaring, flipped backwards and crashed down 20 paces away. The Mushroom King was up and after him. Rogot grabbed his axe, pulling up a handful of leaves with it, and leapt to his feet. Their weapons collided and they were at it again, snarling, hacking, shoving and punching, god blood thumping in their veins. Garagot thrusted the flat side of his blade hard against Rogot's axe, pressed him back, then shoved a crust-covered finger deep into Rogot's ear.